everybody. We are going to be continuing here in Mishle. Um, okay, so welcome. We're going to be continuing in Mishle. Um, we left off in the middle of a section last time, um, starting in Parak Aleph, Pasuk Yud. So we have this section, which we titled, uh, Don't Join Bands of Murderous Gangsters. Um, so Shlomo was telling uh, the, the advice to the child not to join into these gangs. We're talking about what they do. So let's uh, go to Pasuk Yud Beis. So this is it's talking about how the these uh, gang members try to entice people to come join them. So it says, Nivloim kishol chayim. So the, the gang people speak out. Uh, we will swallow them up in the grave alive. We will swallow those that are innocent down to the pit. Um, and we said last time that uh, wicked people specifically look out for innocent people to be their victims. Pasuk Yud Gimel. Kolhon Yakar Nimsa. We'll find all their precious wealth. Namali Vatenu Shalom will fill up our houses with spoils. Um, so there's a financial reward, there's a financial gain. And again, this is really to be understood on two levels. This, this whole section here, obviously on a literal level, um, people attack other people, uh, murderers, and the purpose is to gain wealth, right? They'll, they'll uh, get rich. Um, but on, a, on, a, on, on the Nimshal level, uh, we're talking about anybody who tries to entice somebody to any any enticement to sin. There's always some sort of benefit. Right? The Mishnah says a person should always weigh the cost of an Avera relative to the reward of an Avera. What's the reward of an Avera? Most people don't do Averas for no benefit. You know, there's some sort of benefit to it. Um, you know, financial gain or pleasure or some momentary feeling of whatever it is. Uh, it's just not worth the cost. So usually when we are enticed to do something wrong, there's usually some form of benefit there. Uh, for us, so that's re- representing this. Whereas Kolhon Yakar Nimsa will find all sorts of spoils. Namali Shalal, we will fill up our houses with spoils. Okay, Pasuk Yud Dalit. So again, the the gang leader is, is t- trying to, to seduce this uh, person to come join them. Gorolcha Tapil uh your lot cast your lot amongst us. Kis Echad we will share one purse. Now. Um, I think the Vilna is the one that points out here. There's two different lures here. On the one hand, uh, it seems like you'll get spoils. The other hand, Kis Echad will have one, will share one purse. Sounds like kind of a collective sort of idea. So on, on a deeper level, uh, what, what the understanding here is, is that sometimes the enticement to sin is an individual, uh, profit, right? You'll, you'll, uh, you'll personally get something. And sometimes it's more the lure of the group. You'll be part of the group. You'll be part of the it club. Um, you know, you'll you'll get a collective reward. We're all going to share. We're all going to be part of something together. Um, so that's the idea over here. Is that that this this enticement sometimes comes and just says you'll get rich. Essentially, it'll be a personal reward. Sometimes it says come, you'll be part of us. Cast your lot amongst us. You know, we're the cool kids. Come join us. We'll all share the same purse. Um, we'll all, we'll all, uh, whatever we enjoy, you'll enjoy as well together with us. And that's a different sort of allure. It's not just a personal allure. It's a collective allure. And that's something which has its own challenges for one to avoid. <clears throat> okay. So that's the enticement. So 
the 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 Shlomo Melech continues uh, with his advice in, in Pasuk Tezvav. Bini, my son, al telech b'derech itam, do not go on the road with them. Withhold your feet from their paths. So what's the double language here? It says don't go and don't go with them and withhold your feet. So the commentaries I'll say over here that the first one is saying don't go with them towards evil. The second one is even for good, don't go with them. Rabbi speaks this out. In other words, when people are, are, are people that do the wrong crowd, so obviously the first lesson is don't go with them to do something wrong. But even if what they're doing is seemingly harmless and innocent, um, you shouldn't join them. Why not? So he says, first of all, because it very easily can turn bad if there's people that want to do the wrong thing. So even if ostensibly they're, they're in it for a good purpose now, but it can very easily turn bad. Uh, and secondly, um, you'll be influenced by them over time. You'll be influenced by them over time. So even if you get away with you know, an outing where there's nothing wrong and nothing bad happens, you don't commit any crimes, it's still not a good idea to hang out with such people. So the advice given here is, number one, don't go with them to do whatever it is they're trying to do, the uh, the, um, the the crime they're trying to commit. But number two, even if they're not going to commit a crime, don't go with them anyways. Why? Because their legs are running towards evil, meaning they'll go there regardless. They're always, even if they don't, even if they tell you we're not going to do anything wrong, at some point they're going to go do something wrong. Uh, the opportunity is going to present itself they won't be able to hold back, and they're going to go do something wrong. And they'll be very quick uh, to spill blood. Meaning, it doesn't take much to, to turn them. These are these are not good people. So even though they're telling you no, it's all going to be good. It's all going to be in the up and up. Um, it, it can very quickly uh, turn over. Okay. Um, now this next pasuk is uh, is is clearly a mushal. Even within the mushal, it's a mushal. In other words, the mushal that we're talking about is. Somebody telling his son, don't join robbers and thieves. So the next passage is, The, the uh, trap, the net, is spread out with free bait. In the eyes of every winged creature. Meaning the birds, people spread out traps for birds. And the birds go and they see free bait. In Minnesota we probably say, the fish, right? This is the, you go fishing, you put the bait on the line, the fish comes along and says, look, lunch, right? Uh, free lunch. And if you learn the lesson, nothing's for free, uh, you'll realize that there's no such thing as a free lunch. You'll realize that uh, I, should, I shouldn't grab the bait. Don't fall for the bait. So he's saying that the, the, every, every uh, bird sees the, the food in the trap and says, oh, it's for free, right? Let me go take it. Um, and, and he's saying the same thing obviously applies when it comes to so there's a muscle within the muscle, and, and the idea obviously is, is that when it comes to uh, doing something wrong, uh, the Yitzhahar tries to convince us and says, oh, look, there's, uh, there's, 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 go, go grab it. It's for free. No one's going to know any better. Whatever the reward is, go take it. Uh, it's there. It's, it's not going to cost you. You're not going to have to pay for it, right? People that do things wrong convince themselves there's not going to be a cost to what it is they're doing. It's free, right? I'm going to go, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to, you know, Whatever, the, whatever the the, the 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 wrong thing is, but the, the thought process of the person doing the avera is that there's not going to be a cost to this in the end of the day. I'm just going to get away with it. It's going to be fine. I'll enjoy my momentary pleasure, or I'll enjoy my talking about somebody else, and uh, I'm never going to have to pay for this. Um, very much the same way that a bird sees the food in the trap and says, "Nothing's going to happen to me. It's for free." Uh, and then Pasuk Yudches says, "Vehem ledomim yerofu." 
uh, however, they wait in ambush for the blood and lurk for their souls, meaning right behind that trap is a hunter who's sitting there with a the trap ready to uh, catch the bird. So he says, you have to realize that if you go into Aveira and fall prey to the, to the, uh, the wiles and the, and the lures of doing something wrong, uh, there's a hunter right behind waiting for you to fall and to ambush you, uh, which is the Yitzhar and, and, and the, uh, and the uh, Nimshal over here. Okay. Says the, uh, so he just finishes off this idea. Cain, Arukas, Kol, Betza. This is the way of everybody who's, who's, uh, Betzea Betza means somebody who takes away something from somebody else. As Nefesh Balavikach, he takes the life of the person with it. There's different explanations what this Pasuk means. Uh, some of the Mepharshim say, as Nefesh Balavikach is referring to the one, the victim here. In other words, the victim of theft. Uh, is, is akin to murder. It's like it's, if you, you know, this person might tell themselves, "Ah, it's only theft. It's not that bad." Um, taking something from somebody is like taking some of their life. That's that's one way to understand this. So, in, in that sense, he's trying to impress upon us the severity of doing an avera, even if we think it's innocent, um, but it, it really is hurting somebody. And the other way to understand this pasuk is that Ken Arkos called as Nevesh Balavikach, it's referring to the person who's committing the crime, that the person who commits the crime. Is is uh, forfeiting his life in the process um, by committing the crime. So there's two ways to understand this pasuk. Again, literal translation is: This is the way of everybody who takes away from somebody else. It takes the life of its owner, its possessor. Is that referring to the victim? Is that referring to the perpetrator? Either way, the message is: uh, Stay away from it. Either the message is: It's it's a terrible crime. You're hurting somebody. You're taking away their life. Or uh, it, it takes the life of the one who commits the crime, the perpetrator, because um, he's losing it. Okay, but that's the end of this 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 section, uh, the, the section of don't hang out with the wrong crowd, don't follow uh, the murderous groups, even if they come and try to entice you with lures and 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 uh, you know profit that you're going to get from doing things wrong. Don't listen. Don't go with them, even if they're not going to be doing something wrong. Stay away from bad influences, and that's the general. Uh, introduction, like we said before, introduction to gaining Chachma is uh, staying away from bad influences um, so that we'll, we'll have the freedom to be able to uh, actually take in the Chachma and have it make an impact on us. Okay, now we're going to go to a um, the beginning of actually introducing ourselves to Chachma. Uh, Chachma is about to make its first appearance. Um, and Chachma is going to be personified. It's, it's interesting. Uh, Chachma gets personified over here, but Chachma is about to make its appearance uh, in this in this pasuk. Chachma will, will will talk to us. The idea of Chachma. So it says the pasuk. Pasuk test. <clears throat> and from here to the end of the parak is really one idea. There's this section from here to the end of the parak, starting the pasuk test till the end of the parak. Chachma is b'chutz Wisdom in the plural. Um, Sings out in the street, outside. Sings out in the street. In the city square, it gives its voice. Okay, um, there's a lot to unpack in this passage. So first of all, right, right off the bat, is plural. Tarena is singular. We'll sing out. Um, wisdoms. Pasukhafim, so you're right. Uh, plural of of uh, wisdom is is plural. Bachutz Tarena will sing out in the street. Um, I haven't seen anybody comment on this, but what I think what I think it's alluding to is is if, if I may, um, 
Chachma comes in many forms, right? There's many different forms of Chachma, many different forms of wisdom, um, and everybody gets it a different way. In the end, it all says the, it all says the same message, which is think about what you're doing, pay attention to life, live life the right way. It all it all leads towards the same place. So Chachmais, there's many Chachmais out there, but when it sings, it sings in, in a singular voice. Um, so what does this mean, Chachma Bachutz Tarayna? What does it mean, wisdom sings out in the street? What does that mean? So there's a lot of different ideas here. One idea is, is that it's very public. Chachma is not something which is hidden. It may not be so straightforward and simple, but it's not hidden. You don't have to like go to some... You know, a monk hiding on some mountain somewhere to find wisdom. You know, people think like, you know, you have to go to like some guru, like hidden away. Chachma is readily attainable. And we're going to see later, the reason why people wouldn't attain Chachma is not because it's, it's hard to find. Now, it may be rare, but it's not rare because it's hard to access. It's rare because people don't necessarily want to listen to it and accept it, right? So in the world... There may not be that many people that possess true Chachma, not because it's a scarce resource inherently, but because there's all sorts of reasons why people reject it, and we'll talk about that in a few psukim. So Chachma is not, you know, people say common sense is not so uncommon. It is uncommon. So people, common sense is uncommon. Um, Chachma is not hard to find. If somebody truly wants to find Chachma, it's singing out in the street. Like, it's there. It's readily available. And it sings. Like, it's attractive. If you want it, you'll find it. It's public. It's attractive. Uh, it's there. You'll find it everywhere. And indeed, people that seek, right, the Mishnah says, right, who is the Chacham? Somebody who learns from everybody. You can literally learn Chacham anywhere you go. And the distinction between somebody who ends up becoming a Chacham and somebody who isn't is a person's willingness and desire to learn. Right? So if a person wants to learn, a person wants to achieve Chacham, He'll find it everywhere. And if a person doesn't, even though it's everywhere, they won't accept it. And we'll see why not. But I think it's a very important point to lead off with. It's, they're not secrets. Like, Chachma is not a secret. You know, it's not like, you know, sometimes people look at look at wisdom and say, like, you know, you know, this guy's figured out the secret, and, and, and now he's going to write the book and reveal the secrets to, like, you know, what it means to become a... These aren't secrets. Chachma is not a secret. The terror is there for everybody to take. You can open up a safer. You can open up as many... Wise people out there, you can go learn. There's many life experiences you can learn from. There's many different areas to learn Chachm from. It's not hard to find. It's there. It's in the street. It's public. It gives its voice out in the street. Um, now, why doesn't everybody have Chachm? Like we said, it's not because it's not readily available. It's not because the people that possess it are keeping it heavily guarded and you have to pay some sort of price to get it. It's just that people have to be willing to receive it and willing to accept it. And we'll see why a person wouldn't in a second. That's number one. Um, on, a, on a deeper level, uh, you know, more of a nimshal level, what are the chachmois here? So the mafarshim, the, the plural here, the, um, the Me'iri says, referring to tariag mitzvahs, or the, the plural of chachmois, tariag mitzvahs are considered chachmois. The Al-Sheikh says, referring to tariag shibach sav and tariag shibach peh. Those are the chachmois. Okay, fine. Um, the <coughs> another idea that one of the Mepharshim says over here is in the idea of in, in the Mashal Hadar and the Mashal is, is wisdom is easy to find in the Nimshal it's referring to Torah that Torah which is Chochmos 
Bechutz Torayna, it sings out in the street. It gives its voice in the square. What is this referring to? So I think it's Rabbi perhaps. He says that Bechutz means in the market uh, where people exchange things. Um, the market is where people trade. So he says Torah in a base medrash. The market is referring to the base medrash. People are trading in Torah. Uh, they're arguing back and forth. They're ha- you know haggling with each other. Um Torani says refers to the market of Torah. Where's the marketplace of Torah? That's the base medrash where people are haggling back and forth. That's more if you imagine the village. So that you know every once in a while somebody would come to the town square and give an address to the people. He says that's referring to the Torah that's delivered uh, to a broad audience, you know, more in like a, a drush of, of, of some sort. So the, the, the implication, according to Zerunian, is says that Chach Mechusarin means that, that in a base medrash, people deal in, in Torah. They, they uh, exchange back and forth. It's like a marketplace. And then out in the street, you know, in the city square, or in, in, uh, you'd have people darshaning and people giving, giving speeches to the masses as far as Torah goes. And those are the two main vehicles of Transmitting Torah, which is the ultimate source of Chachma in the world. Okay. Um, Rav Hirsch has a little bit of a different spin on this, and he says that these two ideas of Chachma, Chutzarayna, Berachavis, Titen, Kaila, he says Chachma again refers to the base Medrash, but then Berachavis, Titen, Kaila means outside of the base Medrash, meaning don't leave the Torah in the base Medrash. Torah needs to impact your daily life as well. It's a very Rav Hirsch type of idea, where he says the idea is, is that Torah. It, it, it exists in the base marriage, but it also exists out of the base marriage. When you leave the base marriage, you should take the Torah with you and apply it to your life as well. And he says that's the idea of Bechutz Torah is the base marriage, Berchayv is Titen is referring to outside the base marriage as well. Okay. Next, Pasuk, Pasuk of Aleph. Bereish Haimiyais Tikra. The, again, we're refer, again referring to, to wisdom. It cries out at the head of the masses. At the entrance of the gates, but here in the city, its words say the following. So, wisdom is calling out. It's there. It speaks over the heads. It calls out over the heads of the masses. Now, what does this mean? So, I once heard a phenomenal um, concept from Ron Lepiansky. I don't remember all the details of it. It was a while ago. But he said that, that I think he was coming off, the, the Gemara says that by Mount Taira, so there are all these, these noises and the rash goggle and the thunder and the lightning and all these different noises and it was a big tumult to do. And then when Hashem finally came out, it was a, a, a cold mamadaka, it was a silent, you know, Hashem came out in silence. And, and the idea that he brought out was that truth doesn't need noise to penetrate. Falsehood needs noise. If you want to convince people of something false, then you have to make a lot of noise. And you have to talk a lot. And you have to market it. And you have to convince and convince and convince. Right? And say it over. Now, you repeat a lot. They say, if you repeat a lot long enough, people believe it. Right? The truth isn't received in tumult. It's a small, still voice that really cuts through all the noise. I hear all the noise, I hear all the noise, I hear the noise, and yet I really have some sort of inner sense that this is the truth. And it's not loud, and it's quiet, 
and it's still, and yet I could hear it above everything else. Very, very powerful concept of how, just kind of the imagery of, of how truth works and how Sheker works in the world. Sheker makes a ton of noise, and MS is quiet, but cuts through. You know, I mean, you don't need to go any further than just simply looking at any form of media, right? Sheker makes a ton of noise. MS cuts right through um, with it with a simplicity, you know, with, 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 a, with a softness. No one needs to sell it. You have the ability to recognize truth for what it is simply by, uh, it, you know, it, it's, it's constant, still voice. So to me, when I saw these words, that it calls out over the heads of the masses, over the, you know, what does that mean? It calls it over the heads of the masses. You know, this rang true to me, this idea from Erlebyansky, that Chachma, true wisdom, has the ability to call out over the heads of, of any sort of, of noise that you're going to find out there. You know, the masses are noisy. There's all sorts of calls out in the street. How does Chachma call out above the heads of everything else? Not because it screams louder, but precisely because it doesn't need a scream. And uh, a person will recognize the truth for what it is, um, and, and, and only that actually calls out louder than anything else. Um, so I think that this may be an idea that what it means here, it'll call out over the heads of the masses. Um, this cold mama daka. The, the Al-Shuk says something very beautiful on these, on these four psukim. There's four expressions of the, the uh, sound of Chachma out there in the world. That, that, that wisdom sings in the street. His voice is out there in the, the square. Rosh Homios Tikra calls it over the heads of the masses. And then Omar, uh, it's, it's said in the city. The, the Al-Shik refers, says this is referring to four different levels of, of learning Torah. He says the most basic level of Chutz Tarayna, it seems out in the street, is a very superficial study of Torah. Uh, that's something which is, which is, sings out in the street. The next level, Rechovas Titan Kola, is a deeper meaning of the simple level. There's like, a, he calls it Amkos HaPshat, the, the depth of Pshat. Um, Rashi and the Rashbam and Chumash are like, you know, trying to plumb the depths of Pshat. There's like a, there's a whole idea to try to get to the depths of what the simple understanding is. Barosh um, Tikra, he says, referring to people that make a lot of noise and they learn day and night, engrossed in learning. And the last one, um, those that's referring to the, the, the real secrets of the Torah, the real hidden hidden Torah, that's what it's referred to here. So again, in the Nimshal, there's four different uh, levels of learning that are referred to in these. Okay. This next Pasuk is uh, probably one of the most powerful, at least to me, that, that, that we've seen so far in, in Mishle. Um, it's going to define three different groups of people. And we alluded to this briefly the very first year we talked about it. Three different groups of people that don't possess Chachma and talk about why a person would not possess Chachma. I mean, what, what would cause someone to not have Chachma if... In fact, it's readily available, like we just saw. It's out in the street. It's there. So why wouldn't a person have it? Uh, so he's going to separate those without Chachm to three different groups. And again, the way he says this is, this is what Chachma calls out. Chachma is sitting there calling out in the street. What does Chachma call? So it calls out the following. How long simpletons 
Pessy, a simpleton, a gullible one maybe. How long will you love being simple or being gullible? That's one group. So it calls out to the group called Psoyim, a Pessy. That group, how long will you love doing this? Velaitsim, the second group is Velaitsim Lotson Chamdulahem. And how long will you cynics um, desire your cynicism? That's number two. And then the third group is Uxilim Yisne Udas. Uxilim, what do they translate? Uxilim over here, fools hate knowledge. So he's calling out, how long will you people do this? Um, so the three groups, the Pesi, the Lates, and the Ksil. And these are three groups of people, three categories of people that don't possess Chachma, that don't accept Chachma. And the reason why they don't is for different reasons. So let's let's define each one. <clears throat> so what's a Pesi? A Pesi... Um, a pesi is, and this is kind of a, a compilation of different mafarshim, but they're all similar along the same lines. A, a pesi is somebody who is ignorant. He does not possess chachma. He's easily swayed. He's gullible. He's convinced. If you ask him, why are you doing what you're doing? He'll say whatever the answer he was given. Right, it's the right thing to do because X, Y, and Z. Right? He does no he is not aware at all that he doesn't possess Chachm. He is unaware that what he's been fed is wrong and makes no sense and is foolish. But he's gullible, so he falls to it. He falls prey to it. Now, this can either happen because a person lacks intelligence, or even if a person has intelligence and maybe has the brain power to understand wisdom, but they're immature in a sense. And they're very liable to, to seduction. You know, we live in a we live in a uh, we live in a world of influencers. Right? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say over a, a little episode that happened last week. Okay. There's a uh, there's a woman who grew up from. I'm not gonna mention her name. But there's a woman who grew up from. She's somewhat well known. She she was from she went to from schools she was actually a, a teacher in, in, in certain schools and she lived in Atlanta for the time and family knew her. Uh, she had since completely left Yiddishkeit behind and and uh, got married to a guy and was was uh, very involved in the fashion world and she had a Netflix series about her and talking about how um, you know how repressive her upbringing was etc. And she's become, you know, somewhat famous uh, in the world out there for, you know, for, for her, her journey and all that. Um, the JCC in Atlanta recently, two weeks ago, uh, had a book fair. And this, this woman came out with a book. And um, I think the book is called Brazen, the name of the book. You know, it makes sense. And they, the JCC invited her to come speak. Now, her whole thing is basically, you know, against her Orthodox upbringing. I mean, that's her whole thing, you know. Um, 
I remember correctly, she actually was not born from she her family became from when she was nine years old, and then uh, came into it like that. But um, regardless, my my mother in law, if anybody here knows her, I know some of you do. Um, she was very close with this this woman uh, in Atlanta when she was from. She was, you know, she was uh, she was a teacher in the in the Bisiaka there in the girls' high school, and it was, it was uh, and they were they were friends. They were friends. So my mother-in-law heard about this, that she was coming to speak at the JCC and, you know, do a book signing. So she decided, she's like, I'm going. I'm going. This is my mother-in-law. She's like, you know, I'm going. And I'm just going to sit there in the audience and look her in the eye while she's talking. You know, we were friends. Like, you know, what are you doing? My in-laws live, like, a five-minute walk from the JCC. I mean, it's, like, across the street, pretty much. So, so she went. So she went. And, um... You know, a big thrust of the speech, and she sat through it, and a big thrust of it was, you know, this idea that, um, you know, she's, people have to be able to think for themselves, and, and be free-minded, and, and open-minded, and not be closed-minded, to listen to the rabbis and everything, you know, that, that, as, as you would kind of expect this sort of speech to be. And my mother-in-law stayed, and, and afterwards they kind of had the book signing, and she went over, and um, this this woman saw my mother-in-law and immediately jumped up and said, oh, I love you so much. And they hugged. And my mother-in-law actually mentioned afterwards that um, she got the sense that she was just hugging like somebody empty, just like there was nothing there. Like it wasn't even, there was no animosity. It was just simply like, just feel bad. Like, like what happened, you know? Um, so my wife was telling me this whole story and, and something struck me. You know, this woman is sitting there giving this whole talk to a room full of people about, you know, how you have to be independent-minded and think for yourself and not just listen to the to, to the rabbis. And, what, and I'm thinking to myself, probably the single most independent-minded woman in that room, person in that room, is my mother-in-law. I mean, who else in that room couldn't care less what people think about her, couldn't care less what others say, and simply does what she thinks is right? Right, and the irony of it is, this whole room thinks that they're independent. They think that they're independent-minded. They're not at all. They're just doing whatever the world tells them to do, whatever's going to make their friends impressed with them. Right? They're not bad people. They're not out to do harm. They're not cynical. They're not evil. They're just influenced. Right? It's what someone would call a pessy. You're not even aware of how little chachma you have. You think you're thinking for yourself. You think you're doing what, you know, what's the right thing to do. You're just buying into somebody else's garbage hook, line, and sinker. That's it. Right? I mean, that's, that's what it is. That's what a pessy is. A pessy is somebody who, they're just gullible. <laughs> they, they, they just buy in. They don't know enough. They haven't learned enough. Maybe it's because they don't care enough to. But at the end of the day, maybe it's because they don't want to learn from anybody else. But at the end of the day, their stance is not one of cynicism. It's simply one of ignorance, of, of gullibility. They they think they have Chachman, they don't. Period. Like, you'd ask them, are you a good person? Do you have values? Of course, I have values. I'm a good person. 
the problem is they were just seduced by somebody, something false. They were convinced by, by something which is very shallow and has no value to it. And they were convinced that this has value. Right? It's, it's a certain gullibility. It's a certain immaturity of, of das. Where you can just buy into such shallow views of life. Right? They think they have chachma. They think they have wisdom. They think they're living life with a purpose and a meaning. Right? You know... But, but they're just easily seduced, easily convinced, easily swayed. That's what a pessy is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Correct, right? And that's what a, a pessy is, somebody who'll believe anything, right? That's what a pessy is, someone who'll believe anything. And again, in a, in a real sense in our world, there are people that, will just believe anything. Um, and, and you see this, you know, in today's world, you know, I once remarked, I remarked to somebody recently, I said, it's incredible how there's so many people today who think they're independent-minded and think for themselves and they're just completely influenced by what others, others are, are putting out there. Um, and you see this in, in, in the media and, and just, just the influencer society that we're in. And, and So that's one category of people that doesn't have Chachma. It's a pessy. And what Chachma says to that person is, How long will you fools, you, you um, simpletons, love Pesi? And people love it. It makes them feel good. They feel connected. It's like, stop loving this. You know, stop loving this seduction, this, this, this ignorant... Um, these ideas that people have sold you, like you don't want to hear anything else because you like your your little bubble, you like your little, um, you like it. Okay, that's that's so. Chachma calls out to the pessy and says, "Stop loving pessy. How long are you going to love pessy for? How long are you going to love being a simpleton, being convinced, being easily swayed?" And I would say most people in the world fall into this category. Most people in the world that don't possess chachma, it's because they're a pessy. It's not. It's not evil in a sense it's not cynical it, it's simply it's simple <laughs> people are just simple and gullible and they just fall for anything uh, it's not discerning okay what's the next level the next level is a little bit more uh sinister i guess you would say uh, is the lates the cynic i remember back in uh my camp days this is uh Many years ago, I was, I was single, I was in camp, we used to do plays, you put on the camp plays, you know. So one year we did a play where, you know, it was about somebody looking for religion, searching for religion, right? So he went to a religions fair. So we had all the different religions there. So there was Judaism, there was uh, Islamism, you know, the different booths. And then there was Hinduism, and then there was a booth called Cynicism. <laughs> that was one of the religions at this at this fair, right? Okay, so a late is somebody who ascribes the religion of cynicism, right? It's not so innocent. I mean, even even a pessy is not so innocent, but but cynicism is a little bit less innocent than a pessy. A pessy at least thinks that they 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 have wisdom or thinks they need wisdom. They just they just fall for the wrong wisdom. A late is somebody who openly scorns the idea of wisdom. You know, anything that you're going to sit there and tell them is valuable and is sacred and is, 
you know, is, is, is more meaningful than anything else, they find a way to knock it down. That's a late. Uh, there are people like this in the world. Um, in a way, they're more discerning than a pessy, right? They, they, they at least don't fall for garbage, but they reject everything. So that's what a late is. A late is somebody who's a cynic. Um, they don't want Chachma. They're conscious of the fact they don't want Chachma. And they basically, anytime you try to tell them something which is, you know, of, of real value, of real worth, they'll shoot it down. And they'll find some way to, uh, to knock it. Um, comedy, unfortunately, plays a huge role in this. Contemporary comedy. You know, late sonos, I think a lot of people translate as, as, as jokes and like clowns. And he relates son as a clown. It doesn't really mean a, a clown in the sense, let's go make some balloons and paint your face and put on a red red rubber nose and make you laugh. That's not what late sonus really is. Late sonus really is cynicism. And and comedy, especially the way it's used, you know, largely today, is to basically use the, the tools of cynicism to knock down anything sacred and holy, Right? And, and uh, I think there's a, word, uh, a line later on in, in, in Mishle that talks about the idea that, that one word of, of cynicism can, can uproot an entire, you know, you say one joke about something, you know, and, and you can take an entire, uh, you know, holy, sacred thing and just completely dismiss it. Um, there's something sinister about, about cynicism, you know, more so than just being a pessy. And that's the second category of people that don't possess Chachma. They're cynics. Um and again, Chacham addresses this group and says, Leitzim lotzon chamdulahem. How long, cynics, will you uh, desire your, your cynicism, your scorn, your mockery? Uh, how long will you desire that? And again, the reason why they don't possess Chacham is because they want to scorn it. They want to mock it. They don't want the Chacham. Uh, Pessy also may subconsciously not want the Chacham, but they're not consciously aware of it. Okay. And the last group is the Ksil. Uksilim yisnu udas. Uksilim hate uh, knowledge, real knowledge. Um, what's the difference over here? So, a, a cynic, through his cynicism, can't buy into anything. So he doesn't hear the chacham at the end of the day. In other words, nothing's nothing sacred because of his cynicism. And I think of your typical comic, or your typical comic out there today can't hold anything sacred, right? Axil uh, is even worse. Axil is somebody who knows they have values. They know what values are. They're not cynical in that sense. They simply don't care. They simply ignore them. And, and they and they brazenly do the wrong thing in the face of the right thing, right? Yeah, I know it's bad to steal or I know it's bad to cheat or I know it's bad to do. I don't care. I don't care. The pesty is the guy who convinced who's convinced that it's the right thing to do. The cynic is the guy who says, you know, eh, everybody everybody steals, everybody cheats. There's no such thing as as you know, um, take 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 something even more. Let's say it's take uh, you know being unfaithful, right? So the, the pesty is the one who convinces himself that it's the right thing to do for whatever reason, right? He's just gullible. Uh, the, the cynic is the one who says, eh, nobody does it anyways. You know, the, the marriage isn't sacrosanct, and, and the, the, you know, there's only, you know. And, and the Ksil is the one who's fully aware 
of the value of it, fully aware of the devastation that his actions may cause, and just doesn't care, and, and willfully ignores it because he'd rather do something else. Um, so, again, in a way, his ability to receive the Chachmah is more. He can understand it, but therefore he's more wanton in his, in his, in his evil. Because if you understand the Chachmah, you know what's valuable, you know what isn't valuable, and yet you still go ahead and do these things. Uh, that's what we call exil. That's, that's the real fool. The guy who fully actually recognizes uh, what's right and what's wrong and does the wrong thing anyways, uh, he's a real fool. Um, so that's, that's the idea of a, a exil. <clears throat> um, and, and exil, yisnu das. He, he hates das. Not that he doesn't recognize it. He recognizes it. The Pesi doesn't recognize it. Right? The Pesi has no difference between real Das and fake Das and real Chachma and not fake Chachma. He doesn't recognize anything. And again, the reason why he may not recognize it is because he may, might have ulterior motives subconsciously. But, but at the end of the day, he doesn't, you can't hate that which you don't know. Right? So, so if you're you know, a Pesi can't hate Das, he doesn't know what Das is. He thinks he has Das. He doesn't have Das, so he doesn't know what Das is. Alates also doesn't hate Das because he also refuses to accept that there's things it's not because he doesn't accept, but he refuses to accept that there's that there's das out there. He refuses to accept there's Chachma. Again, you can't hate that which you refuse to accept, right? The Ksil accepts it. The Ksil knows it. And the Ksil hates it. Uh, and therefore, um, so again, if we're going to look in our world and talk about the people out there that, you know, and, and the worst, you know, the worst, you know, anti-Semites, the, the real, I don't know, say Hitler, but like the, the real, they're Ksilim. They're not, he's not a Pessy. Definitely not a pessy. Definitely knows what's up and what's down. Definitely a, a, a smart person. And he's not even a cynic. In other words, he understood the importance of what it was that he was doing. He understood the value of the Jewish people. He understood the value of the Torah. Right? Um, yet he hated it. And and, and he, he fought against it. That's what Exil is. Exil is somebody, and, and it's a fool. It's a fool uh, because you know Chachma, and yet you hate it, and yet you reject it. Would they be like Amalek? Yeah, Amalek would definitely fall into that category for sure. And again, in our world, you know, we can kind of identify these three different types of people. And, and you know, we're not immune to this. We all have elements of this inside of us. Um, there are those people that simply don't know any better. They think what they possess is Chachma. It's just empty, empty slogans, empty, you know, pop, pop knowledge or wisdom. There's nothing there, and then and they buy into it. They're gullible. Then there's people that refuse to buy into anything. You know, I, I can't take anything to be sacred. Um, and and you know, again, the, the the comedic class. They're not. They have the intellect to discern, but they choose to take a path of of knocking everything down of cynicism, and that's that's another path. Um, and then the worst of them all uh, is the. Um, is the is the exil. You know, if I, if I can get contemporary, I don't know how many of you are really following what's going on here with you know the Kanye West comments and um, you know, I'd probably label him exil uh, a pessy, uh, Kanye West. He's a pessy. I mean, the guy doesn't know any better. He's he's ignorant. Then there was the comedian who got up last night. I don't know how many of you are aware of this. Saturday night, Saturday night live, he got up and, and did a monologue. 
somebody shared it with me. I heard it. He, he basically, if you haven't seen it, don't see it. But <laughs> he basically defended. He was defending him uh, in a way that, you know, in a comedic way. To me, what his, that speech was the definition of a late. He's not exil. He's not an overt hater, you know. But he's definitely took it a step further. In other words, Kanye West is just a, a pessimist. The guy's just whatever. He bought some garbage from somebody that somebody sold him, and he believes it. And he's just he's just a fool. I mean, like just just the simpleton, an ignoramus. This guy got up there and said some things, and basically made light of the entire issue. And, and the, the instinct that many people had was like, you just made it a lot worse, right? And in his mind, he thought he was making it better. But it's like, no, now you just made light of the entire issue. Like, if this is a serious issue, yet that guy's a fool, fine. <laughs> that, that's one thing. To get up there and say, oh, everybody's making such a big deal out of nothing. Like, that's late sonnets. That's a lace. That's, that's, that's worse. To say that there is nothing sacred and, and that eh, none of this stuff matters. Why are you making such a big deal out of it? That's worse. Now, it's still not the level of a ksil, somebody who knows and, and hates it. You know, he's not, we think of like, you know, hatred has to be anti-Semitic, has to be like hatred, the level of a ksil. It, it doesn't come to that level, although there are many people that are on that level. But understanding that there's, there's, there's three different levels of, of people that, that reject the truth. The pessy, the lates, and the ksil. The ksil is obviously the most dangerous then the lates, then the pesi. Uh, but they're all, they're, they're all negative. And, and Chachma basically calls out to all these three types and says, okay, enough. Like, how long are you going to sit there um, basically refusing to acknowledge me? The truth is right there in front of you. I'm here. I'm calling out to you. I'm the truth. I'm calling out I'm Chachma. I'm calling out to you. And yet you refuse to acknowledge me either because you're a pesi, because you're a, a, um, a lates or a ksil. Okay. Uh, oh, it's already eight fifty. Okay. Fine. Let's stop here. We'll uh, pick up next week. Yes. When I was uh, at uh, one of the national parks, they had a little garden walk.